Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about lineups and the ones that, according to the numbers, were the Cavs' best lineups way back when in 2019-20. In that season, that happened, you know, it happened at some point. One of the things we're going to do um, in the upcoming player weeks that Evan and I are going to do is dive into different lineups with different players. So we'll look at the best lineups that featured Kevin Love, the best lineups that featured Larry Nance, et cetera, et cetera. Today, though, we're going to just go big picture, look at the whole team, whole year, and dive into that and kind of dive into some of the numbers. I've looked at these. Evan has not, and that's going to be a fun time, but that's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. Evan, are you are you ready to do some do some diving into the into these lineups? Is this Animal Crossing in our Wednesday stream? Because Chris, you and I are about to do some diving. <laughs> well, we could you know we could do like a Chris and Evan go diving into the ocean show. It's part of fishing, I guess. You're gathering gathering sea creatures. And I've this. been uh, I've been when I played a little bit today. I, uh, I I made some fish bait, so I'm coming prepared. Oh, wow. I literally opened up my game, recorded that little teaser snippet, and then closed out of my game. Oh, I picked, like, two weeds off the ground, and then I turned... I caught a puffer fish for the first time, so I turned that into this... Um, and the red dragonfly, and I turned that into the museum. And first one of blathers, no matter what. Can you donate to my museum? I can bring stuff to you, probably. Anyway, that's a, this is another conversation. For those listening, Wednesday evening, Chris and I will be doing fishing with chris and evan uh a new hopefully semi often series where chris and i will go fishing in animal crossing and just shoot the shit about the calves for a little bit yeah it's gonna be a good time um and if you want to perhaps join us and do some fishing sometime i know some of our listeners play animal crossing let us know we'd love to have you um evan let's talk about lineups do you i'm gonna give you the option here um so we are going to we can go five to one or one to five how do you want to do this well, are you saying five to one? Is it worse? Five, the best? five would be like the fifth, quote unquote, best lineup. It's not okay. exactly best, but um, it's. And I'll explain some of the context of this, so like why some of these are 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 what they are. But, um, are, do you want to start with the one that is quote unquote the best or quote unquote the fifth best? Let's do that. Let's work. Let's save the best for last, so we can keep people listening. Let's talk about the worst of the bunch. Okay. The funky Kong of the bunch. Yes. If you know, you know. So now the context. So basically what we're going to do here is look at these lineups. The data is from cleaningtheglass.com, Ben Falk's great, great site that I is is essential for me as I'm doing all of this. Basically, he is able, he charts lineups based on how much, how many possessions they played. Now, there are lineups in this that the Cavs used for, like, a handful of possessions. So, one example is Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., McKinney, Nance, and Thompson. That played 18 total possessions. According to the data, that is actually, like, plus 28.7 per 100 Mm -hmm. possessions. 
that but it played so few possessions that it like doesn't really matter when we're thinking about this mm-hmm. um we can go into those extremes at some point we might have to considering when we get to lineups but basically every lineup we are going to talk about is basically 100 possessions or more like a meaningful sample for there um and and there's some we won't talk about um the Cavs, according to this data had a total of only seven lineups that played over 100 possessions this past season out of a total of 6,174 possessions. Um, Do you for, because Bayline was so rigid with his rotations or no? I mean, I'll, I mean, there's some roster turnover there too, though, because it's that's, just you have, you know, you have like kind of, there's there's a guy who is no longer on the team anymore who is on the sixth Beth lineup um, and, and stuff like that. So you got to share stuff. the name now. It's Clarkson. Um, yeah. And if you compare Speaking this to like. Speaking of Bayline and Clarkson, yeah. that's somebody, he had a freak out <laughs> when. Yeah. Clarkson left so anyways go ahead so then you compare this to um the Lakers for example I'm doing the quick counting here the Lakers have one two three four not it looks like nine um, yeah nine about nine almost ten lineups because they've won that was at 93 point 93 possessions um that mm-hmm. didn't quite make it there so they had a little more a little more but sort of kind of the same group of guys okay so the fifth best lineup um in this kind of breakdown here um, looking at the difference overall on aggregate, Cavs lineups were negative 7.8 points per hundred possessions last year. That is pretty bad. Evan, let's let's hop into number five here. Here is the lineup. Um, played a ton of possessions, actually. 1,417, negative 8.3 points per hundred possessions. It is. You get it will based on the amount of possessions that it played. I feel oh, like you could guess this. It's is it Love Thompson, Osman, Sexton, Garland? It is. Mm, I figured. So that is a pretty chunky sample. Yeah. Um, that like that 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 is like bigger than like for you for could, comparison. You could go like on you, r slash heck and chonkers and you'd get some upvotes for that lineup. <laughs> So, but if you compare this to like the Lakers, like their most used lineup in the regular season was Bradley Green, LeBron, AD, Javale. That played eight hundred and twenty-six possessions. Isn't, isn't that their starting the Lakers starting lineup? Yeah, at least for a different. It, I think it is. But so the Cavs basically played this five-man group a lot. It's guys that all kind of mattered to the team last mm-hmm. year. It involves you know the the highest profile player on the team, top two picks, Tristan. It, there's a lot to like there. It's not particularly good at anything um you know gets outscored doesn't scores at 108 points per hundred possessions um you know on defense is giving up um a whopping 116.4 points per hundred possessions mm-hmm. its best attribute is that the Cavs got to line uh 10.6 times per 100 possessions which is pretty good mm-hmm. um but what do you, evan when i tell you that is the Cavs' fifth best lineup I mean, and, and played a ton of possessions. What does, does that strike you as meaningful in any way? Uh, meaningful in the sense that that was the Cavs' fifth best lineup. Um, not really surprised it was their fifth best lineup because it was also the most frequently played. But I mean, there was bursts where that lineup was really good because Kevin could be locked in and really trying his damnedest. Tristan, you know, was constantly playing his best. Uh, Darius was frustrating. Jetty had his peaks and valleys. Uh, Colin was just a dynamo after his weird start to his season. Um, I think it's just I, I'm more curious, like, what the sample size would be with Bayline and without Bayline that lineup. Uh, maybe they are a little bit better offensively. Maybe they are a little bit better defensively. But, no, there's three bad to four if you want to include Jetty. Jetty is 
it depends who you ask if you think he's a good defender or not, but there could be four bad defenders in that lineup. And Tristan is the best defensive player as an undersized center in that lineup, so I'm not surprised that they're kind of getting smoked defensively and offensively. I mean, like I said, Jetty had his valleys, but he also had his peaks, and that's pretty much just that entire lineup as a whole. Like, if all those players had a good night, like, yeah, that's a great lineup for the Cavs, but also it's just kind of the steady, consistent one and gives you a real palette or a taste of um, what to expect with this Cleveland team when they, uh, the ball gets rolling. I think it's interesting to just consider that this lineup like did not work last year, and there are kind of obvious reasons as to why. Like You can understand the logic of starting this lineup. You have two good rebounders. Jetty's kind of a, of a link. Kind of, a, I think the best version of him is kind of linking a bunch of pieces together, and you're giving your two young guards time to start together and see how they complement each other. I also like wouldn't be surprised if this is some version of the starting lineup and opening night next year if the if if it's not no it's maybe tristan not being there well yes so it's maybe drummond to the thompson but the the crux of wing two guards kevin love big man is sort of like the crux of what i almost would expect and i guess Mm -hmm. you wonder like does does that structure make a bigger difference in year two i Maybe. I think maybe JB is a little bit more, you know, less rigid offensively compared to Balin because, you know, Balin, uh, I alluded to this earlier, uh, was having a breakdown when they got blown up by the Celtics, and also he didn't know what to do with the Cavs created Clarkson because he leaned so heavily on Clarkson, who was in the sixth best lineup for the Cavs. Um, maybe JB will add a little bit of offensive creativity. I think maybe running a pick-and-roll heavy offense like JB does will make this maybe a little bit of a better lineup. Um, I do wonder... It'd be interesting to see if Tristan and Andre, well, yeah, if they're both back next season, swapping between the two and just having those other four with them, what is the better of the two lineups? And I think that could be my real justification on saying, like, okay, the Cavs didn't draft a big guy this year in Onyeko and Kongwu or James Wiseman. They're either going to go with Tristan as the reliable veteran in the middle or they're going to try and add Andre as a part of their young core going forward because he kind of fits in timeline-wise, like, That'll be, like, one of my key indicators where I point to saying, like, okay, this is the guy you stick with compared to this guy. And then the Cavs make a hard decision at the trade deadline if it involves either Tristan or Drummond. Yeah, that's her. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the fourth and third lineups in the next section. Um, but, Evan, why don't you tell everyone about our great sponsor on today's show? Well, Chris, how's your car doing these days? You know, pretty good. As much that's as I don't drive it a lot, it's doing pretty good you need to upgrade anything before you know the winter months hit us and we're trapped inside even further I, it's at least something I, I definitely should consider considering i live in ohio that, that's always a good call and you know i recommend you check out our good friends at rockauto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. And with that, we're going to be right back with more Locked On Cavaliers. All right, we're back. I'm Chris Manning here, one of the hosts of Locked On Cavs. Also, you can find me if you're the sword, uh, doing the ineligible main downfield newsletter, Forbes, Cleveland Magazine, etc. Evan, tell everyone about who you are real quick. Uh, my name is Evan Damrell. Like I mentioned in Monday's episode, I like long walks on the beach while holding hands, maybe playing some video games afterwards if you like video games too. And long walks on the beach, Chris and I will be doing that Wednesday for our stream of Animal Crossing and fishing with Chris and Evan. But I also cover the Cavs for Forbes Magazine's online sports section. I also run the show at Fear the Sword with Chris, and we host this podcast five days a week together. I'm still surprised Chris isn't sick of my shenanigans yet. Never. Never. Them's bold words you can't take back. It's like marriage at that point. Yeah, you know. And speaking of marriage, your wife harassed me last night. My 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 wonderful wife is um if nothing, if not kind of like a good troll and a good like good at good at knowing when to like just kinda compete with people. That's we once ran a five K that. Oh. that I had like kind of been like starting to run for and like had gotten in like decent decent issue for myself and she had not mm-hmm. And she psyched me out at the race because she just got off ahead of me and was like, "I'm gonna beat you." And I was like, panicked. And now this is all this is all my games from her. She's she's really good at it. Yeah, she was good at it, and she really got in my head. And you know, I talked a mad game about how good I was at Mario Kart, and I really came up short and let down the brand last night. But you know, who didn't come up short, Chris? The third and fourth best lineups for the Cavs. Well, they kind of did. Um, all right, so the, f- the fifth lineup. So fourth best, two hundred and twenty-three possessions, mm-hmm. um, negative five point three points per possessions. Scored ninety-six. Ronies. Scored ninety-six point nine points per hundred possessions. That's the worst offense out of any of these lineups. Defensively, um, actually not as bad as some of these other lineups. Um, gave up one hundred and two point two points per hundred possessions. Mm. This is if you're gonna label any Cavs lineup as effectively defensive. This is the one of the two and the, these five that actually pops up a little bit. It's the only one that is potentially applicable going forward. Evan, do you want to guess who's in this lineup? I feel like Larry Nance Jr. is in this lineup if it's applicably defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you go ahead and tell me the rest. I don't want to seem wrong on air. Sexton, Garland, Osmond, Nance, Thompson. Really. I, the mm-hmm. Thompson one makes sense, but those are the three. Ugh. The 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 small forward and up makes makes sense to me in the context of this because I think Jetty is a guy that will look better when you actually have like a competent uh, kind of team defense structure in place for him. I think mm-hmm. when he's not as overmatched, I think that is a way, and I think pairing him with Larry is kind of a way to make that happen on uh, for the time being at least. Yeah. The offensive struggles on this lineup don't surprise me at all, though, because you're putting so much... Like, I think Larry has obviously improved as a creator. I think he's best as, like, a third, fourth, and this is, he's, like, arguably the number two kind of creator in the lineup, which is a little tough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really a guy who is kind of capable of being a hub or at least a, def- a kind of offensive anchor, as we sort of understand it, being enough to kind of raise the floor. Um and it's interesting that like you basically swap out love for Nance. It, it's it's much worse offensively, way better defensively, and that that's really the only change you're making. But it's kind of interesting that you should just swap those two guys out, and it creates something kind of specifically like this. Yeah, it is really interesting to think. And um, advanced metrics love Larry Nance Jr. I know at times he 
is viewed as a bit more of a polarizing player for some Cavs fans because they think it's like nepotism because of his namesake or something along the lines of that. But it's just no, Larry Nance is legitimately a good player, and I think this season, amidst all the chaos of the uncertainties with the coaching situation and um, Kevin Love not wanting to be here and Tristan quietly telling the Cavs he wanted to be traded to a contender, which, you know, we kind of just forgotten about at this point. Um, Larry has found his niche with the Cavs. And, like, if there's a silver lining from what has just been a remarkably unremarkable season for this Cavs squad, it's Larry Nance Jr. finding his niche as a jack-of-all-trades master of done, high-energy guy coming off the bench for Cavs. The Cavs, and of more than anything, focusing in on his defensive prowess as a both a 3-4 and even a 5 uh, defensively, like, we harp on this a lot, Chris. Like the Cavs need more multifaceted players on their roster, and they finally have that Larry Nance Jr., which is awesome. And um, yeah, no, it's really kind of crazy to see because like Kevin is not is a minus defender at this point in his career, and he kind of always has been. But like the swap between him and Larry is just kind of fascinating to see. And now I'm kind of excited to talk about the rest of this lineup because there's one lineup the Cavs had that had Larry and John Henson that was oodles and oodles of fun, and I wonder if that's up there too. It it is up there. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to hell that. yeah, um, brother. That's like one of my that that bench mops lineup was so fun. Yeah. Also interesting. It's just just funny how it like won't even matter going forward. Okay, number three. Um, this will feature the same names as mm-hmm. sort of were some similar names. Um, point plus. This is our first plus lineup, folks. Plus one point nine per possessions scored. In 161 possessions. So this isn't like massive, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Scored 126.7 points per 100 possessions. Um, gave up 124.8. <laughs> you know, you know, suboptimal there. It's it's track meet. Um, not rebounding a ton either. Like this isn't particularly like a, a dominant like rebounding lineup in any sense of the imagination i'll have to do I, there's some data that i'd have to do a little more digging on and i'll probably do that here as we're kind of talking but evan this lineup is sexton garland osmond kevin love and larry nance jr i'm not really surprised by that lineup being so good because you are still keeping the defensive capabilities of larry nance in there i mean he's I guess playing the four or the five and then you put bring Kevin in to just, you know, add even more spacing and it allows Larry to even work even better as just, you know, as a facilitator and as just a, you know, a defensive and offensive threat. Like it's a fun team. And then this lineup I think has potential to be even better long-term because I don't see Kevin being moved. If um, Darius just continues to grow. Cause like I haven't touched on this enough. Colin Sexton was the Cavs best offensive player this season. And, um, if he's able to have other scores around him and then, you know, maybe Jetty is able to improve a little bit more defensively. Maybe Collins is able to improve a little bit more defensively. Like this, this roster, this lineup right here could potentially be Cleveland's best in lineup just period going forward. So I am perpetually fascinated by love and Nance combinations because it just puts so much passing on the floor. It also, moving forward, I think it's fair to say, puts two shooters on the floor together in the front court. They both mm-hmm. are capable rebounders. Kevin, I think, obviously better, but Larry capable as well. Larry kind of providing a version of that Tristan Thompson offensive glass energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, when you put the right line of combos out there, it puts a lot of athletes around Kevin Love as a passer. Like, Larry is a great, is a, is a good cutter, is a good finisher. Um, you know, Jetty can cut a little bit. Sexton, I think, is an underrated cutter. 
Um, one of the things I learned by when doing some research was that the Cavs actually were like a f- pretty frequently cutting team last year, um, mm-hmm. which was weird to me when I kind of thought about my conceptions of them. So it's good to kind of break those sometimes. Yeah. That's a good I point. would like to see. I would. I understand why defensively. I don't know how much you'll see this. I know neither Nance or Kevin really love playing the five. You know, it's probably really hard to do against like Embiid and and stuff like that. I want to see more of lineups like this. I I really I think you. I I I see some of the defensive downside. Obviously, it's, it bears it out in the numbers. I I think they're interesting enough where I would kind of want to see what you could do with them in a bigger sample. No, I agree. I think it'd be interesting to see what you can do with them in a bigger sample. And like, yeah. But the Embiid's of the world, the I mean, let's look like like look at premier big men that like are focal points of their offense. It's like Ob Embiid, Gobert, Jokic. I mean, Nurkic is a th- problem for Portland, but you'd more so worry about McCollum and Lillard at that point. And um, I, I don't think that's really a huge. I mean, Aiton as well. Aiton's pretty good for the Suns too, and they have like Vucevic. Okay, there's six teams, so there's some teams out there that are well. Kind and of, even Vuce is like kind of stretchy. And, he, yeah. and I would just also just argue. I think one of the things that it's worth thinking about here is just like you're giving yourself advantages and you're not worrying too much about what the other team's doing. That's true. Um, you're not really worrying about what other teams doing. And it's just like, yeah, you just kind of got to see what this long-term potential of this rotation is for the Cavs. And I don't want to sound like I'm getting too high off my own supply here, but this is, this is a lineup you could see with the Cavs two, three, maybe you know, three most, years from now if kevin really lives out the duration of his contract with the Cavs and you know signs a cheaper more team-friendly deal you can see it longer than that but like for now this is a fun lineup that the Cavs have and um i just want to keep see them keep exploring the potential of it going forward yeah that's fair all right let's take a quick break here come back we're going to talk about lineups number one and number two right after this all right evan let's dive into this here Okay. Here is the number two lineup. You alluded to it earlier. Plus 10 points per 100 possessions. Mm-hmm. Had uh, a defensive rating of 109.4. So by the cap standard, like pretty good. Actually was like about league average. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, 109 points. 119.4 points per 100 possessions. Excuse me. Um Turns the ball over a lot. Pretty much every Cavs lineup that we're looking at here turns the ball over a lot. So just kind of keep that in mind. Like none of these lineups are yeah, particularly. The, the Bayline offense produced way too many turnovers for the Cavs. Uh, the, the, I'll just say this: the mo- the quote unquote most effective Cavs lineup, um, which we'll talk about next, has a is in the zero percentile of turnover percentage, which is just wild to consider. Um, this lineup though played a hundred a whopping one hundred and twenty four possessions, mm-hmm. and basically isn't applicable anymore. Evan, you named two of the people already in it, okay? So that's Henson and Nance. Yes. This is what you're alluding to. Can you name the other three people that are in this lineup? Uh, well, the Cavs didn't go beefy big until JB took over, so it doesn't have Nance in it. Um, well, was... no, it's Nance and Henson. Oh, oh sorry, no, it doesn't have Thompson and Nance right. and Henson in it, sorry. Uh, KPJ's in it, I know that. Um, is Deli in it? Okay, so no delis. Um, is it either Sexton or Garland? It is one of them. I'm not going to tell you which. Okay, I'm going to go with Sexton on this one. Was I right about the KPJ thing? Yes. Okay. Um, maybe because the Cavs are so thin on the perimeter, it's either Jetty or, for some odd reason, Alfonso McKinney. No. Here's the lineup. Garland, Clarkson, uh-huh. 
Oh. BJ. Nance Henson. Uh, man, I kind of forgot about Clarkson just being like. I miss JC. I'm glad he had a good playoff run with the Jazz. Good human but being. Good, good human, human being. Good, good guy overall. Really good tack game. Maybe he was my inspiration to start drawing over my body with needles too. Um, it's just yeah. I did kind of forget about JC in that situation. Like that that was a fun lineup for the Cavs. John Henson was a very pleasant surprise when he wasn't glued to the bench or stuck in Bayline's doghouse. And I'll um. I doubt he's listening, um, but I remember the one time I asked, after the uh, whole slugs versus slugs thing, I was actually on the phone with John for something else, and I'm like, so what's going on with that? He's like, man, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And then I learned like how much he was in Bayline's doghouse at that point for no reason at all, because it was just kind of like frustrating, because I think it was just Tristan and then like things kind of went to shit. And then whenever John played, he made the most of the situation. Um, I'm getting off track here, but you know, that was a fun lineup for the Cavs and um, the bench squ- mob squad. The Cavs had that featured Larry KPJ and Henson. Those three will always be endearing for that reason because of it and yeah. many other reasons, but like they were fun. So when you think about this lineup, Evan, um, it's 124 possessions, not a ton, but in, it's, it's in there. Is kind of enough to kind of consider here. Is there um, enough? Is there anything you can take from that lineup? Is kind of con- considering what you know about those five guys, and in the context of the season, is also like obviously kind of early in the season. This is early in Darius's career. Yes. Is there? Is there anything you can you feel like we can take away from that lineup? Just just based on kind of conceptually what we're talking about. We obviously I think should make when we get to Darius, this is a lineup I think we should go back and try to watch some tape on and think about a little mm-hmm. bit, but. Mm-hmm. Anything right now that, that pops out to you when you think about it? Well, just not just Darius. The fact that you have Darius, you have Kevin Porter Jr., and the fact that you have Larry Nance Jr., three guys the Cavs view as key pieces going forward for them um, as uh, the one of the best, one of the better lineups for the Cavs. Like, that's a great place to build off of and a great launching point for whatever the future holds in terms of um, versatility, flexibility, and just figuring out what this tech Cavs team really has. And, um, yeah. Also, just I think maybe seeing Darius operate in an off at a lineup that works for him, like maybe we get a better idea of what kind of player he is. Because Chris, he's still a player that you and I don't really have a clear idea of what he can be, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of where I'm at when it comes to DG and lineup number three. Yeah, I well lineup number two, lineup but number two. But I was trying to be creative. It's okay. You try. Um, I think Porter Jr. playing the three is it kind of interesting, a little wrinkle to this, because I think we, a lot of times you think of him as a it's two. a lineup with DG and Kevin Porter playing the three. Okay, proceed. Yeah, Clarkson is, is the is the nominal two, but really kind of the shot, the, the kind of, what, what was the, what was was it called, the, the wolf? He was the wolf. Yeah, the wolf. John Bailey's infatuation of the animals is so Duncan weird, Robinson man. talking about that is pretty funny. Duncan Robinson, the guy he never ran plays for. Well, he did clarify that that wasn't exactly true. Mm, fake news speaking again okay we're gonna move on <laughs> just gonna uh, blow right on past that okay last call. lineup here last yeah. lineup here is the data plus 11 per 100 possessions wow yes um effective field offensively 114.8 per 100 possessions wow uh, effective field goal percentage of almost 60%. Had a, a, a offensive rebounding rate in the 90th percentile. And oh, then defensively defensively gave a, a mere 103.8 points per 100 possessions. 
Um, this is a this lineup played only 155 possessions. So if you want to compare that to like the Lakers, that's kind of like the, the Lakers like seventh, fifth, or about the fifth or sixth most used lineup on on another team. This would be kind of in terms of the structure of this kind of conversation we're having here. It would actually be the second. It'd be the fourth most used out of these top five. So um, kind of again hard to kind of take a ton away from this. But uh, Evan, do you want to guess what this lineup is? I'm gonna. I think you have a rough idea, but I. I, I give, give me. A, give me. I have a feeling. I, I want in order. Give me point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center in this lineup. Okay, that's a little demanding of you. I'm gonna do. No, power. I'm. I'm the host, and we, we're on a. We're we're running we're, out of time here. Listen here, Buster. We're co-host, and um, I'm, it has I'm, Larry I'm, Nance, I'm and it the, has Tristan the... Thompson, and I know that much. It has. You're saying it has both of them? Yes. It does not. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have any idea. Okay, here, then just enlighten here, me. Here, to, here we go. I, I, and I, I actually, I've been actually been waiting to talk about this one. It's the one I'm most excited about. Colin Sexton, Matthew Delavadova, huh. Jetty Osman, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. That makes a lot of sense, just because you know Delhi is the best playmaker on the Cavs roster at the guard spot. So it just kind of, which is one telling of the Cavs situation, and two. Yeah, just mostly one. Um, it just makes a lot of sense because he acts as a facilitator and Colin is a scorer, Kevin is a scorer, Chetty's a scorer, Tristan is the uh is just a monster. He is an absolute monster. So that, that makes a lot of sense why this is their best lineup. Um, and just interesting what a veteran po- a, a a competent playmaker could do for this Cavs team. So here this is the thing that there the thing that makes sense to me about this is you just put a passer and a ball mover in with Colin. Mm-hmm. And that helps. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I think why we were so high on like the Cavs. I mean, Lamelo Ball defensively has the potential to be even worse than Darius Garland or Colin Sexton individually. But like just adding a playmaker like that um, would be a lot of fun. Uh, Lonzo Ball could be available this summer. Maybe he could be a trade target for the Cavs. They really don't like the fifth pick that much. But that's just you know a conversation for another day. But like adding a competent playmaker alongside Sexton, who again was showing potential averaging four assists per game under jp bickerstaff in march and like late february as head coach and the like just a pick and roll heavy offense made sense but it's also just a sound strategy where you have two young guards that kind of need the reins pulled in sometimes that's why you bring in the adult to act as the facilitator and playmaker and you know it's a good mix like you have two young guys and jenny and colin and then you have delhi tristan and kevin like it's a good mix of old and new for the Cavs. and no you have like two players who are very good at what they do and well mostly Tristan Thompson but Delhi's really good at playmaking not in terms of shooting but like Delhi is aware of what he is at in this point in his career and like Colin's still learning Cal Jetty's still learning and Kevin Love is just um bit of a mixed bag some nights but I'm uh, yeah no I, I get why you're excited to talk about this lineup because it just also makes a lot of sense why it is the Cavs best lineup too it, it is both something that makes sense to me and also like doesn't make sense. I can't I cannot explain to you why this lineup has a good defensive rating. I think it's just because Delhi is scrappy enough as a point guard and he knows that I think he's defending ones while Collins forced to defend twos and then Yeah, but it, but it, Tr- like Tristan's it's, just otherworldly too. Okay, but it, but it's not like Tristan we know this from the data that Tristan like doesn't eat up shots. Delhi is not mm-hmm. the guy that Bradley Beal is like I hate being defended by that guy anymore. Like, Jetty is, like, at best kind of a competent team defender. Kevin hasn't been, like, trying on defense very much. And Colin, although I like his potential on that end, like, 
is not a good defender in that sense. I just, like I can understand it being like better than other Cavs lineups, but like the mm-hmm. its defensive rating is like low, much lower than I would have gathered. That's like a good defensive rating. No, it really is, and you know, just something I'm not really used to saying with the Cavs. Like that's a good defensive rating, and maybe it's more interesting to see like if they have a coach they actually want to play for under J- like a JB, like how much better this lineup could actually be compared to what it was for most of the season under Bayline. Yes. And then but then when I look at the the kind of the structure of it. So Colin mm-hmm. is kind of your ball one one ball dominant guy. Kevin is kind of your 1A re, the real one but like kind of the not maybe spacing a little bit more. Tristan's hanging out in the dunker spot, he's setting screens. He's kind of got a defined role. He's going to crash your offensive glass. Deli is going to move the ball and shoot and Jetty mm-hmm. is going to move the ball and shoot. Mhm. That is obviously sort of simplistic, and like you obviously, I think at the highest, highest level, kind of want more, kind of some more sauce in that lineup. But if you're looking at kind of empowering Colin Sexton, you're looking at kind of keeping things simple and having guys kind of knowing how to kind of play with kind of and support each other in like a structured ecosystem on the offensive mm-hmm. end. This makes a lot of sense, and I'm not saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like this should mean the Cavs should pay Delhi and like play him 20 minutes a game next year. I think you're just really trying to make Colin and Darius have to be more like that. They have to be more Deli-ish in that sense going forward because Deli obviously is not well, like a long, long-term Dante, member of the franchise. You hope Dante, Dante Exum is the answer then. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point. Like, you hope Dante Exum is able to replicate what Deli provides, especially defensively because Dante, his potential as a scorer, I think, like, that's done for. I, he's not going to be the next Penny Hardaway like he was coming out well, of um, it's the, the shooting isn't there, but I think cutting and, and yeah, moving the ball. Like that's and the, there, and the, and but the, I think well, I'd and, rather... And the, and the shooting aspect is like a real concern because like Delhi is was, especially at the end of the year, was like uh, on fire as a three-point shooter. Yeah. Teams in the regular season don't give a shit if Dante Exum shoots. Mm-mm. Much less like a hypothetical like playoff scenario. Yeah, hypothetical playoff scenario being one thing, but I was just more so talking the fact that like Dante is a solid defensive player. He can defend one through three. That's how long and lanky and big he is. Um, he can more or less cover Colin or Darius's ass in either of those situations because both of them are minus defenders still at this point in their career, and that's kind of what Delhi's been doing for them. And if Dante's able to stay healthy, yeah, he takes that step as the Delhi in the situation, hopefully. And I mean. Just provides playmaking, provides defense, and can provide slashing, like you said, and some shooting potential, sure. But you more so hope that Jetty's evolved as a shooter. You hope Colin has become even more dynamic of a scorer. You hope Kevin is able to stay locked in, both offensively and defensively. And if Tristan's back, like, I don't think you can recreate this with Drummond as the big man. But, like, Tristan is otherworldly in these scenarios to begin with. But, like, Tristan really is the piece that is holding all of this together in the end of making this the best lineup for the Cavs, in my humble opinion at least if, he, if if drummond buys into a role like that like it's possible that's just like a big if and and like yeah, i think larry, larry could if. play that role with like probably being slightly not as good of a screener but and not as good of a rebounder but you get a little yeah. more playmaking and shooting out of it but like but like so it's a little yeah, spa- it, it's a little it space like so maybe that makes sense with exum if exum's not yeah that also so, makes sense. To Evan, I want to ask you this. Conceptually, that that makes sense to me. There's obviously a lot about the Cavs roster, just in finite terms. We don't know it for next year. Would this be an interesting? Would would this be something to you that makes sense as like a structure for a starting lineup next year? Mm. I'm gonna say no, but I I would really I would no. probably want to. Ch- That's yeah. why. I but I I would what I would like think I, I would do is I would probably be subbing earlier than the Cavs did this year. I would probably like make a change earlier yeah. like start them 
do we see what you can get and then like Split and then up. like four minutes in exum comes in for for whom whichever one you want to pull garland or sexton and then they play at the remainder of the first and then starting like the four minutes in the second um or four or five minutes in the second you put a garland or sexton with um exum again and then you pull exum well and you're also and like i mean i think in. you're also hoping that like not only do you, does exum kind of provide that but like you're hoping kpj can kind of take a step and fill some of that role and and, yeah, and dylan Willard, frankly and 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 yeah, Dylan, the, i mean like boots. this could also be a situation where it's like jetty is coming off the bench and kind of providing some of that as well if you draft a core or a vassell and they start from day one yeah, he could also. The Cavs are just a weirdly assembled team, but now that we're kind of breaking down the nitty gritty of this roster, there is potential to give me optimism for the flexibility of this roster going forward, which is you know something I didn't really think would be something I'd take away from our conversation. Evan, I'm telling you right now that like I am like, in the listeners who who may think I'm like extremely negative a lot of the time, I'm like openly in my head right now talking myself into things. This is where we're at. No, I'm entering the conversation and i'm sure like this time wednesday when you and i start doing our fishing show um bass pro masters um women fish fear me and women love me is the hat i'm gonna wear that night but um it's gonna be yeah no it it gives you a lot to be excited about and i think this is a good launching point for us to just really start talking about the players individually and what they bring to the table and that's something chris and i are going to be doing until we get regular consistent Cavs content is just going to be us breaking down players and their fits and their long-term future with the Cavs. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting turn here going forward as we think about this, but I'm Chris Manning. He's Evan Damerall. It's been locked on Cavs. And I just talked myself into the Cavs being more confident than we might've thought for next year. Evan sent us out. As always wear a mask practice proper social distancing please register to vote because your voice matters in the november election both on a national and a local scale and go calves this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design experience the empowering feeling of the lexus suvs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to lexus sales event now through april 1st get 750 dollars cash towards the lease of our 2024 nx350 all-wheel drive experience amazing at your lexus dealer call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details restrictions apply not all customers will qualify offer available in the lexus eastern area in april 1st 2024